find the fullness of joy. And so come and speak to each one of us, ancient of days, those who are here, those who are online, those who are on YouTube, Lord, we pray that you speak and appoint them as witnesses. We thank you, Lord, for this witness month, and we pray that indeed our mission will be a mission in the land of the living through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, choir. Thank you so, so much for that wonderful song of Ascent of Days. And we are going to see that this Ascent of Days is our appointing authority that we are appointed not by man, not by any power, but by him who holds the whole earth, heaven and earth, in his hands. And so he's your appointing authority. And so when you get that letter, my friend, the next thing you should do is to jump. Because when he appoints you, nobody can disappoint you. Nobody can remove that appointment. So a call to witness is my theme this afternoon. And I will define what witnessing is and then go into the text, which is in Mark chapter 3 from verse 13 to 19. Mark 3, 13 to 19. A call to witness. And on the only set, I want to inform us that each one of us is a witness. You are a witness. Whether you work, whether you are in business, whether you are a minister like me, whether you are an intercessor, whether you are even on the street as you drive your vehicle, let me tell you, you are a witness. And I want to inform you, recently, one of my friends called me, and she said I had an accident. A border hit me, and in, during arresting, a man came and, you know, helped us to get to the border. And during the process, I witnessed to him. And I actually told her that partly why you had even that accident is to do what? To be witness to the one who is helping you. Because he was shocked, but he ended up as a Christian. So, whatever you do, in a jam at home, you must be able to witness about that man who died on the cross. So what is witnessing? Witnessing has individual aspects only. So you witness about what you have seen, what you have touched, what you have felt, what you have smelled, what you have heard. You, you are self. Otherwise, we have what they call hearsay witnesses that I heard that the uncle of this one, who is the brother of the other one, did this. You are no longer witness. You are just a rumor monger. And many Christians, actually, instead of them being witnesses, bringing people to Christ, they room about Christ. So there must be personal knowledge about the matter. You must have personal knowledge of Jesus Christ before you witness about him. So before I got saved, I wasn't a witness, and I couldn't be. I was a witness of other things, fighting, abusing people. That was my witness. But the moment the commander-in-chief calls you to witness for himself, then you must know him personally. 
So if you think I'm going to talk about a church as a witness, I want to send you condolences. No. Witness is individual. And it is me to tell about my story. Not even other people's story. The Bible, the Bible is full of stories, but you will find that there is an individual in it. Noah was at the center of witnessing on the ark. Abraham was at the center of being called out of his family. Esther was at the center of many exiles, but she was called as a what? As a person. So friends, especially those of us who are listening, God calls you to witness as a what? As an individual. And that's why even prayer is personal. Yes, family, oruta, you know, church, yes, but it again comes to me as a person. So we are going to see a call to witness and say that is a call to everyone who calls on the name of Jesus Christ. So Mark chapter 3 and verse 13. And so I'm going to dress us as individuals. So I must witness to my wife. I must witness to my children. I must witness to my workmates as a what? An individual. Because God doesn't call what? You may have come out of groups, but he called you as a what? As an individual. That's why your DNA, your thumbprint is unique. If he wanted to call me just like others, he could have created very many Jaspers. But no, among, among about 8 billion people, you'll find one what? One Jasper. So the, the call is to you as a what? As an individual. And that's the underlying thing that I will now sort out. Chapter 3 and verse 13. So we are going to see the person who called us. Verse 13 is the person who called us. Then 13 to 15 is the purpose of the calling. And then we shall go to the people or the persons whom he called. And then later, we shall appoint ourselves as what? As witnesses. Then 13 says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. No, I'm reading another text. Verse 13. And he went up on the mountain and called him, him those whom he desired, and they came to him. It is on the screen. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they may, might be with him and might be sent out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Let me now at least settle for now. So the first thing you need to note is the appointing authority. Who is appointing? Jesus Christ. And before I even came to what he did, I want you to know that the one appointing is the God Almighty. Jesus, the Son, has the same substance with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So the one appointing is not the president, commander-in-chief, the head of police. The one appointing is Jesus Christ. And then I want to qualify this, that if Jesus appoints you, please relax. You have the highest appointment in the whole world and even in heaven. Why? Because he's the one, the owner of the universe now appoints you as a what? As a witness. So sometimes, just honor that office. 
And I'm saying this with pain because many of us as witnesses, we don't honor the office. If the president appoints you a minister, they add the word honorable behind you. So if God has appointed you, I want you to add that honorable title behind so that you don't beg, so that you believe that the one who appointed you will provide for that ministry, so that you believe that the one who appointed you will look after your life. And the one who appoints, again says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, that you don't worry. And you know what is? Food, about dressing, about what to eat. And he addresses them. So as he appoints you, please beware that his appointment is eternal, but secondly, because he has appointed you, your worries should be what? Should be less, especially survival worries. You get it? Survival worries. Again, basic needs, where to stay, what to eat. Those can't be part of the witnessing. I will come to it later, that he will actually give us capacity to do what? To witness, but he's saying, do not worry about those. So the appointing authority is the person of Jesus Christ. This afternoon, if you do not know him, will you know him so that you become part of those appointed? I mean, again, for me, I can't lose sleep when I know that the one who appointed me is Jesus Christ. Okay, let me now give even another illustration. You don't find the president's son worrying about traffic jam even if it is, all of us are there. Traffic jam is not part of their worries. You know why? Because of the appointing authority. So I want now to tell you, friend, there are certain things you should stop worrying about as long as you know Christ. Secondly, as long as you have known that he has appointed you. Because the moment he appoints you, he now facilitates you to do that ministry. So the one appointing is Jesus Christ. But what did he do? This is interesting. The Bible says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those. Jesus went to pray. And I was, you know, imagining this. Even toward the cross, he went to the garden of what? Gethsemane. Before any big thing, Jesus prayed. He went yonder. He went to retreat himself. And therefore, if you are a witness of Jesus, can I advise you to have some little time of retreat? Some little, okay, please retreat. Especially before you go to appoint, before you go to minister, please have a time of being with that one who has appointed you. And some of us call it quiet time, but I don't want to go there. But have that time. Jesus did it. And we know he owns the whole universe. So every disciple, every witness must have private time with the one who appointed him. So he went up to the mountain. And again, you'll find that before he did anything big, he went yonder to retreat himself. Toward the cross, he did that. So your appointment, your appointment Listen to this. Your appointment was costly. Your appointment is not casual. Your appointment is not because people voted for you or you got an education. Your appointment is because the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, went yonder and retreated. 
and some of you being drawn to Christ, it was because there was a heavy cost. And therefore, I cannot give myself to sin when I know the agony my Jesus Christ went through. The appointing authority went to retreat in order to appoint you. Secondly, the purpose of appointment. Now, the person appointing us is the one giving us the purpose. Just a minute. The one who appointed us is the one who gives the purpose. And, listen to this, he appointed the 12. So that what? So purpose is the reason of being. So you can't be appointed a witness for nothing. For those of us who have ever gone to court, you know you go to court, they will say, I saw, I heard, I touched, I smelled. Meaning you have a purpose. Do you know your purpose? Do you know why even Jesus died for you? So this is the reason of being. Then he appointed 12. He called, he called to him those who, him, whom he wanted. So your call is because Jesus wants you. Amen? Your call is because Jesus wants you and loves you. But then secondly, he called you to himself. So the first thing you need to do is to report to the commanding what? Officer, the one who commissioned you. But many of us, of course, we report to bishops, archdeacons, what and what. Let me tell you, your reporting should be vertical to the one who called you. Because eventually you will be the one to account. He left five talents, two talents, one talent, according to their what? Abilities. Reporting time. The one with the five had five. That's Matthew 25. Then the one with the two reported with the two. The one with the one, even beyond hiding it, declared something that you are a mini master. So I hid it. So there will be an accountability time. Why? Because he has called you to himself. So what will you tell him? That my father, my brother, my relatives, no. It will be you to do what? To account. So he called them to himself. And so he calls you, not even to church. And I'm saying this with even a pinch of sorrow. No, Jesus doesn't call us to church. In fact, most often he calls us out of church. So that church becomes a building center for you to go out and do what? And preach. So he calls you to himself. Then the second thing is that he appointed you. And therefore, this evening, I want to challenge you. Go and ask Jesus, your set of duties. Your appointment letter has a job description and a set of what? Duties. Ask him. You appointed me in this office. You appointed me to be a husband of this hard wife or a wife of this husband or hard husband. Please give me the set of what? Duties. Let me tell you. He will clarify it. He will tell you that why you are in that hard marriage, why you are in that bad office, I'm using bad really because I can't use worse, is because you have an appointing what? Instruction. You have an appointing instruction. And therefore ask him, we have said of what? The said of duties. 
But also, if you have an appointment later, have you read it? Do you read your appointment later? And I pray that actually you'll be reading your appointment later daily. Part of the appointment later is prescribed in this word. Please read it. Whatever it says, go and do it. And the one who appointed you will give you the grace to do it. Now, let me qualify this word of grace. Whenever God appoints you to himself, he will give you the grace to manage. Many of us even wonder how we pass certain situations. When I was the vicar of St. Stephen's Tara, that was the time my wife was very sick. So Chitara, a hard chat, then my wife sick. And sickness is normally hard. But let me tell you, I asked for the grace that season to understand that I have two hard what? Hard projects. And let me tell you, sometimes I wonder how did I pass through that distress. That jam, I wouldn't sleep in church when my wife is sick at home. So I, that jam around northern bypass and nuns, and it was like demonic. But God gave me the grace to pass through those. And those days I also asked for the grace to keep quiet more. Because the moment you talk now, you have lost the grace. And again, sometimes ask appointing authority, thank you for helping me pass through that season. Because appointments again to himself are for seasons. You get it. God will give you an opportunity to witness. If you don't witness, it has passed. And so use every moment, whether you are in jam, whether we are seated on that border border, to do what? To witness. That's the call. And by the way, God will send a border border for that very reason. And that's why Jesus, in his ministry, Using it to utilize every what? Every opportunity. To do what? To call people to himself. Then, number three, then he appointed 12 that they might be with him. You have appointed me to yourself, but that you will be with Jesus. So before you go to chase demons, before you go to preach, please be with who? Be with Jesus. You know, there is a story in Acts chapter 19 about these signs of a priest. They said, we chase you demons in the name of who? Jesus, whom Paul preaches. They were beaten up. And many people, yes, are witnesses, but they are beaten up because they never have time to be with what? With Jesus. In fact, if you don't have time with Jesus, then don't go and witness. Because witnessing emanates from having time with Jesus. Amen? So please, make it your habit to have time with Jesus. So the appointment is not, not that you go quickly. The appointment is so that you are with him. Do you normally have time with him? I had already asked. Please, if it is not, ensure that you have time with Jesus. So what were they supposed to do? Number four, that he might send them out. Sending out. The word apostle means sent out. So you are an apostle. Okay, don't, don't add on your name apostle. You are sent. You are witness. Actually, witness also means matter. So he sent them out to do what? To preach. And by the way, preaching is not your gospel. You must preach the gospel of what? Jesus Christ. 
And I, I know some of us, we normally preach ourselves. You get it? I'm pastor, so and so if you want a miracle, come to me. Hey, I interpret dreams if you want. The purpose of appointment is so that you preach the what? The gospel. And the gospel is, by the way, clear. The Great Commission. Go out into the world, preach, baptize in the name of God the Father, teaching them to obey all my what? My commandments. Do you preach yourself? Do you preach other gospels? Paul writes about it in Philippians that people preach other what? Gospels. He repeats it in what? In Galatians. That those of us who preach other gospels, may we be accursed. So Jesus is saying, you are sent out. You are an apostle to do what? To preach. And when you are preaching, you are inviting people to be what? Witnesses also. You are not inviting people again to your church and with all due respect to numbers in our churches today. Why? You are supposed to be sent out. But when the church preaches to you and you get to be a witness, you are supposed to move out and also preach the what? The gospel. And I was thinking, if these 12 people, one was the thief, by the way, I will come to it later, amongst the 12 apostles, one was the what? A thief. But 11 people changed the whole world. How many are we in all sense? But we can't even change Kampara. You know why? Because sometimes we don't preach the gospel. Or other times we are busy in a tradition, in ministries. What and what? Let me tell you, the purpose of the church is to preach the gospel. The purpose of a witness is to preach the gospel. Then, finally, to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Now, this is the order appointed to himself, called them to himself, that they might be with him, that he will send them out, and then casting out demons, and then also healing sickness becomes what? Just part of the equation to confirm the what? The gospel. So let me say this, the purpose of miracles is not that we feel nice. No. The purpose of miracles is to confirm the gospel. Let me repeat for those of us who like running after miracles. The purpose of any wonder or a sign or a miracle of God is to bring people to himself. Full stop. Otherwise, the miracle of resurrection of Lazarus. Lazarus died, by the way. Do you know he's not alive? He died again. Actually, I was reading in John chapter 11. Jews even wanted to kill him quickly again. But of course, Jesus would still resurrect him. But he died. Those whose eyesight were brought out, they all died. So the purpose was to bring them to Jesus. And so don't run after miracles. And with all due respect, there are those of us who run after mountain after mountain. The purpose again is so that you know Jesus more. Not you know the pastor more. You know one time, actually it is about one year ago, I had a dream. You know God gives me a, I was a dreamer. I'm still a dreamer, but I no longer know the dreams. So I was a dreamer who would record all dreams. I needed to begin tomorrow. I keep promising myself to begin, begin, I forget. But listen to this. I had a dream about a certain girl, and I called her in the morning. I said, you girl, you're about to commit adultery. 
you are in a red dress, you will die if you go ahead and commit adultery because your husband is in the Netherlands. So she, she laughed. I said, no, this is not a laughing matter, by the way, because, I mean, I had taken long without meeting her. No, she said, I'm laughing because I am with a girl putting on red. The husband is in the Netherlands for masters, and she's telling me that, ah, uh -uh, I can't overweight. I want to sleep with a man. So how should I do it? So I said, tell her that she's going to perish if she doesn't repent. And so she now asked me, now I'm qualifying the statement I'm making. She said, now I think we need to come and see you. I said, please don't come and what? See me. If it was now Pastor Jasper, I would have put a church in. A dream interpreter, always caused the fire. You know why? Because it was true. But I was drawing that young girl to who? To Jesus. The purpose of miracles, the purpose of God healing you or healing your child is so that you know him more and witness. Not to go and glory and eat more <laughs> and feel happy. No. In other words, if God heals you, if God has delivered you, the responsibility is even higher. You must go out. That's why church thrived in persecution. If you read properly, church wasn't thriving in praise and worship overnight. No. When they would hunt them, they would go and preach the what? The gospel. And one time I was praying with my friend that maybe we need somewhat, some level of persecution. Let me tell you to preach. That's why many people converted under me to Christianity, not to Islam. I mean, some of you think Islam was thriving. No. When a church is persecuted, witnesses go out telling about the goodness of the Lord as he protects them, and those are miracles. So, my friend, again, don't thrive in miracles. Just know that the purpose of that miracle is to draw people closer to what? To Jesus Christ. Now, the second section, the third section. So we have a person appointing us. We have the purpose of appointment. The third section is so sad. I'm now using the word sad, third. If you're a mochiga, you may never differentiate anything. But the third part, which is the third part, is the persons he appointed. I was reading these people. Now let's read verse 16 to 19. And it is interesting the category of people Jesus picked. And I was saying, if Jesus could pick these, then he can pick me. If Jesus would pick these guys, then he can pick you. And so it is not a matter of qualifying in terms of education, qualification where you are born from. It is a matter of whether Jesus has desired to use you. So let's read them. Verse 16. Simon to him he gave the name Peter. That one at least he baptized that you are Peter. He gave another name. James, the son of Zebedee. John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanigis. <laughs> Boanigis, sons of thunder. Those guys were angry people. Anyway, you come to eat. But sons of thunder means you touch one, they all beat you up. You get it. He appoints sons of what? Thunder. Then, he then 
son of Andrew, son of Thunder also, sorry. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Eliphaz, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanites, and Judas Iscariot. Then they had who betrayed him. And then, and they went into a house of, they went into a house, in other words, to be with him. So, what are these categories? What is known in the scripture is about Peter, James, and John. We know at least something about those. They were fishermen. You get it? Fishermen. Now, if you have ever visited a lake and you know where fishermen stay, and if you know the time they go to fish, if you know the lifestyle they have, Jesus chose what? Fishermen. And so the first three super apostles were what? Fishermen. And he tells them that you'll no longer fish fish, you'll go to fish what? Men. Can you imagine God appointing fishermen? If it was today, we would begin thinking it is not the spirit. We would even refuse them in the church. Fishermen? What do they know about scripture? Which theology school do they attend? By the way, there were those theology schools like the one Paul attended under Gamaliel. You would go, become a Pharisee or a scribe, depending. These guys were not attending any school. Their school was in the lake, busy fighting for fish. Some days, like in Luke chapter 5, and then in, I think, John chapter 21, they would catch what? Nothing. And if you catch nothing as a man, you go home and begin quarreling for what? I bought salt three days ago, and you have finished salt. Now, if you, fight a, if you find a man fighting over salt, just know things are bad. But these are the people Jesus appointed. And again, these are the, the people we know. The rest, you may simply guess. So what is the thing that your value, your value doesn't depend on your vocation, vocation. Your value depends on whether God has appointed you or not. Let me repeat. Your value, you could have been worse than me. <laughs> you know, Uncle Baram is around, but he normally compares himself with me that I was worse than him. Okay. We were all bad, you get it. <laughs> you could have been worse than me. You could have been a Malayo or whatever, but let me tell you, your value does not depend on your history. Your value depends on whether God has called you full stop. And the moment he calls you, therefore, just go and witness. Because James, Peter, and John, let me tell you, even the whole council, can you imagine the cabinet meeting? 72 men over these people that they have turned the whole world upside what? Down, fishermen. The, what I know about fishermen, they eat a lot. They can eat. Because they want energy to go and what? Fish again. And by the way, fishermen, they are like smugglers. I was also once a smuggler. But that's a story for another time. When you smuggle, you eat all the money, knowing that you will smuggle again, the next day. That's the life of fishermen. They don't save. 
They don't even invest. Jesus picks them. But once again, your value doesn't depend on your vocation or even on your education. And I will give this illustration, it is coming to me, of a note. The value of a note depends on what? On where it is located. I have 20,000. By the way, even if I squeezed it, how much is this? To remain is 20. Even if I put it and stepped on it, when I go to buy airtime of 20, they'll give me 20,000 airtime. So your value depends on whether Jesus has actually called you as a witness. But listen to this. This value will change when I go to Rwanda. This value will change when I go to... Okay, South Africa, they might even never know it. What am I saying? Your value will remain as long as you remain in what? In Jesus. So you as a witness, the capacity and the value to witness remains when you remain in the one who called you. Outside, I can assure you, it is tough. But then, another category. There is a connection in these groups. They are brothers. They are brothers. James and John are brothers. Peter and Andrew are brothers. Okay? In other words, God can call the whole family. Two of you in a family, or he can call you one. So never, never get irritated when you think that your elder brother did what? Became a reverend before you. Or that your father was a reverend and you can't become a reverend. I'm now talking to Honorable Grace. You can't become a reverend because Reverend Vekunda was a what? Was a reverend. So what I'm saying is that even when God appoints one of you, a brother or sister as a witness, it doesn't mean that you can't also be a what? A witness. James was the brother of John. Peter was the brother of Andrew. In fact, Andrew is the one who called what? And Andrew, Andrew was really a witness. He would say, come and see what? Jesus, come and see this man. How I pray that we shall all become Andrews. And reach out to what? To our brothers and sisters. But many of us, ah, you go out to preach. And then Jesus complicates witnessing, by the way. That you need to go back where? Home first. Can you imagine? Andrew was like that. Then there were also business associates. Meaning, in the business field, you needed to witness. Peter, James, and John were all fishermen. And Jesus found them doing what? Doing fishing. So wherever you are in your office, you must become a witness of Jesus. Otherwise, ask yourself whether he has ever called you. These are business what? associates. And when he said, come, they all left their fish and then went to fish many. Number three, there were also political opponents. Okay, NUPU, FDC, NRM, you still need to witness. And I'm going to qualify this. Matthew, Matthew is called also Levi. He was a tax collector working for Romans. But then we had also a man called Simon the Zeroti. A Zeroti was a hater of Romans. In fact, the, the Zeroti rebellion was you go and we lay anybody 
working for Romans and you kill them, they would think they can go to heaven because of that. But Jesus calls Matthew, at the same time calls Simon the zero, zero, the zero to finish off whoever is not a Judaizer. And Jesus calls them in the same what? In the same room. So when we are preaching the gospel, especially in this church, especially when you are witnessing opposition, NRM, whoever, you must witness because the gospel doesn't what? Doesn't change. But look at us. Sometimes somebody enters and you're about to enter the poor pit. You check in front, eh? You begin changing the what? The gospel. Why? <laughs> because you fear the one you are witnessing too more than fearing God. And that's how we have reduced our witness. Let me tell you, we need to do witnessing to both parties. Then, there was the last one. The one who betrayed what? Jesus. The one who betrayed Jesus. And I will end with that one because I'm going to come to a close. But I will end with Judas, whose surname was Iscariot, somebody coming from Karaoke. The man who betrayed Jesus. It is as if he was really appointed to betray. And I will, I will talk about him slightly later. But allow me to pour out these, these things. One, there was a send out two by two. Now, Jesus never sent out one by what? By one by one. No, he sent out two by two. And Peter moved, used to move with Andrew until after resurrection. James used to move with John. Philip used to move with Bartholomew. Thomas used to move with Matthew. James, son of Eliphaz, used to move with Thaddeus. And then Simon the Zerot used to move with Judas Iscariot. Okay, don't mind about Simon the Zerot. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know your companion. What I'm saying is that who is your companion in witnessing? Do you have somebody you power out to? Do you have somebody you move out with? Do you have somebody you say, let's go to witness together? Or you want to go alone? I'm also saying that, yes, he calls you individually, but he wants you to be in relationship with somebody so that you have two what? Two witnesses. And I have found this to be interesting because when you become a person of witness and you have somebody, when you are preaching, they will add, for example, I normally move with the brother Julian too. We move to Rukunjidi. He preaches and after he gives a what? A testimony. He's confirming the word. Jesus' model was two by two. He sent out 72 in pairs of what? Pairs of two. So again, look around. Do you have somebody you can move with? Do you have somebody even when you call when you are in trouble? Just some of us can go from A to Z and you have nobody who is close to you. So you as a witness know that you need to know one thing, that calls, God calls you as an individual, but he needs you to move as a group in order to be effective in witnessing. Let me now talk about Judas is a chariot as I come towards the cross. There is normally a question, why did he appoint a man whom he knew 
we will betray him. And many of us, of course, even defend Judas that he was you know, destined to do that, but the issue of Judas should be responded to as follows. And I'm quoting a story I read about a theologian. A child came and asked him, why did Jesus choose Judas Iscariot to be his disciple? And after a short while, the teacher replied, I do not know, but I have an even harder question. Why did Jesus choose me? So I won't go to Judas. I will go to myself. And therefore, the battle is, why of all people, Jesus, did you what? Choose me. And if you know the reason, then you won't ask about what? Judas is a chariot. What am I saying in conclusion? You must be a witness. And every other question should be about you rather than about others. Because he has the right to choose whoever he will choose. But if he chooses you, the only question will be, who am I, Lord? And then how can I become an effective what? An effective minister. And so, friends, as I end, this is the call to witnessing. And we are going to stand. If you are on WhatsApp, please don't. If, if you are in office, you can stand. If you are driving, please don't stand. Because it is even raining. We are going to stand. And our prayer will be, Lord, use me as a what? As a witness. And if you have never accepted Christ, again, you can't become a witness until when you know the one you are witnessing for. And so even our stand is a stand to say, Lord God, come and use me. Lord God, I want to know you. Lord God, send me out and show me somebody to move with as I witness. Father, we thank you this afternoon. And we stand knowing that we are now an assembly of many people of different nations, different clans and tribes, but we have one voice, O oh Lord, that you appoint each one of us and send us out as witnesses. That in the name of Jesus, yes, today we shall desire to know you more, to be with you daily, so that we become effective witnesses. And so, Lord of Lords, King of Glory, today use me as a witness. Not only in this church, but elsewhere, in different market spaces. Whether I'm on the streets, my prayer is that I witness for you. And thank you, Lord, because your appointment is real and it is eternal. So appoint us, O Lord, and commission us as your soldiers. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.